0: Intentional, tactical, and actionable information you can use to take your real estate investing business to the next level. This is REI Rocket Fuel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the REI Rocket Fuel podcast. Today, I'm joined by none other, the one, the only, the infamous RJ Noose. Is it Noose?
1: It's Noose. Yes, sir. Perfect.
0: Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, RJ, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you've got a uh a busier schedule than most with a full-time job and a real estate empire that you're running. So, um I want to appreciate or I want to thank you and make sure you know how much I appreciate and I'm sure the listeners appreciate as well, uh someone at your level and at your stage taking time out of their day to, you know, reach back and um reach out and tap into the local community and, and to provide the insight that you've got and uh kind of talk about the mistakes and lessons uh, the mistakes you've made and the lessons you've learned along the way. I'm looking forward to it. This has been a long time coming.
1: Absolutely. I know we've been talking about this for a long time and glad that we finally get to do it. Uh you said something funny earlier that uh resonated with me. If I was to write a book, it would be how to build a real estate empire with a full-time job.
0: Yeah. Um, That's, that's, uh, you're about the, you're one of the few, and I mean, less than five people that I know of personally (laughs) in my sphere that, um, have done it at this level. So Mm -hmm. that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's an exciting piece and something that I think is going to speak to a lot of people that are listening to this show. I would say that your, your, your beginning of it is going to be more similar to a lot of listeners than mine or than many others where they have a W-2 and they kind of want to dabble in it on the side and see where it goes. Well, you're the end result of where it goes. So I think that's going to really resonate with a lot of listeners and I'm really excited about it.
1: Perfect. Now, I think that, uh, that it it's a unique and uh, interesting way to get started uh, because you still have the safety net of a full-time job. Sure. Uh, and for me, I just found that I actually like that. And if I can do both, um, and like I said, like we were talking a little bit before we started, it's pressure tested a few things that I thought that I had in place, or realized that, you know, I didn't have in place sure. that I, you know, was able to then put in place. So I pressure tests it pressure tests a system pretty well, I and, get that. Uh, you know, I so get that. why not? keep scaling. I probably, I mean, you know, hindsight being 2020, I haven't been able to scale it as fast as I could have, but um, it's, it, it is still scaled. I mean, I think right now I'm probably North of like $6.5 million worth of real estate assets. So, um, and in Wichita, Kansas, you know, for most of our audience here that may be here, you know, that's, that's roughly about a hundred doors.
0: Right. Yeah. That's not a, yeah, that's not two duplexes in Orange Correct. County, California. This is yeah. this is a lot of doors. Yeah, so which then, you know, early on,
1: I'm jumping ahead, but early on, I was trying to do it all, manage sure. it all. Uh, and most of that wasn't never me slinging a hammer or doing any repairs, but me rolling the Rolodex of contacts and, and people we would outsource to. Uh, but as of late... I am very rapidly transitioning out of the management. I think right now I've got about 75 doors that are with a property management company. Nice. And the only reason the rest haven't transitioned is because, well, they got long term tenants that never ask for anything. Right. And They pay the bills <laughs> right. every month. Yeah, those so are the easy ones. Pro- why pay a property management company uh, a percentage just for the privilege of collecting rent that I've got tenants that just automatically de- deposit into my bank account everywhere?
0: Right. Can't I don't, hate I don't that. Go to door to door. No, you can't hate that. I didn't get any better than that. I don't have a single, I don't have a single tenant uh, yet in my young career that has, uh, that has, that has been that easy. So I think I've I've got
1: one guy yesterday that I was talking to that's been in one place for 10 years. Have you raised his rent? Well, that's the, that's probably the reason why he's been there. But I also have operated on, because I'm self-managing a few of those doors, or you got a little more room or two in the room. bush. Yeah. So if I raise the rent, I know uh they would vacate very quickly. But what right. was interesting because I got a text saying, "Do you have anything else like this from this particular tenant? Do you have anything else like what I'm living in for similar rent?" And my answer yeah, was, yeah. "Unfortunately, no." Right. <laughs> and if you're you're free to look. Right. If you want to look, please give me the courtesy of a 30 day notice prior to your next month's rent due. I know once she looks, I realize there's nothing like what I got right now. But I also bought that property a long time ago and rents have inflated. So, you know, I've got good margins in that particular property and others that I've continued to self-manage. But it's been interesting once we quit managing them and we fix it back up. Um, then uh, we turn it over to property management, and it's not uncommon for us to see them get an extra hundred to two hundred fifty dollars a door. It's it's it.
0: solid, but yeah. I mean, so much of that has to do with. I mean, you're really, really good at your full time job. Your full time job has absolutely nothing to do with property management and leasing. Correct. So I'm turning it over to the professionals that have the systems in place and the marketing in place and the mental bandwidth in place, you typically get a better result. And I'm in real estate. Like that's my wheelhouse. And I don't, I don't manage, I don't manage my properties. I don't have time for tenants and toilets.
1: I understand. Me too. I don't either. I
0: thought I did for a
1: while and I tried, but it didn't. uh, All
0: right. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, RJ, talk to our audience about how you got started in real estate investing and why you got started in real estate investing.
1: Okay. So Early on, I was always intrigued about real estate. And I was had some buddies that owned some properties up in Manhattan, Kansas, and guys I've known forever. And I remember I talked to them about, hey, what do you guys think about buying some properties here in Wichita? And they were like, Yeah, yeah, we'll, you know, if you want to find them, we'll buy, we'll buy with you. So I was a quarter partner in an LLC. And we start, we bought our first quadplex, a duplex and then a house and ultimately a commercial property oh wow a whole nother story uh <laughs> not, not 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 my uh expertise I let other people deal with the stress of tenants and of, of commercial tenants um but you know we 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 grew pretty quick within like about three years two three years we bought those properties and they were good and then uh, we didn't do anything hmm. and uh that was kind of about it and so then in 2014 I got an opportunity to buy them out. Oh, okay. Uh bring in another partner. So I had a gentleman that we'd been spitballing about real estate for a long time. Um and finally he's like I think I'm going to do something. And I was like, "Hey, I think if you're serious, we could team up. My partners are ripe to be bought out. In fact, they're they're willing to. They said they would sell to me but nobody else." But if I wanted to leave it as it was, they were okay with that too, because yeah. I was doing all the work, sure. finding the properties, dealing. I was doing the property management, all of it on my own. I, I, they were they were literally silent. So next thing you know, literally scribbled on almost like an envelope or a, a back of a napkin. I was like, yeah, we'll just here's an idea for an LLC name, and we put some ideas together. And next thing you know, we're you know formed this uh, formed another LLC and bought them out. That was 2014. Nice. Okay. And and then and that was you know, that the
0: reason, how many doors? What there were eight or nine doors there total? We bought total? them out. Yeah. Four doors, four,
1: five, six, se- seven at the time.
0: Seven doors.
1: And gotcha. then and then pretty quickly we uh because we'd already divested the commercial property, the four of us. In. So uh pretty quickly we did the traditional real estate model. We're like, hey, let's buy some property. How much cash can we pull together? Right. And and literally over the next year, we bought two more duplexes. And then it was kind of like, well, that, that was fun. But mm, oh, you were the now. multifamily man. It sounds like you didn't like single families. Well, it, well, we, well, what we just, it was, uh, the ROI on the multifamily was, uh, where we went on that. Well, the point was we put 20% down and that was all of our cash. Right. So and you so bought now we're like,
0: a couple of them a year. Cause every time you bought one, you're back to zero. Correct. Replenish that cash back to zero, replenish yeah. it back to zero. So I realized,
1: so I started thinking, man, there's got to be a better way. So I started following some guys online that were mostly all fix and flip guys. Sure. And I started looking, you know, joined a mastermind. Uh, I think that cost me like 40 grand. Uh, Money well spent, honestly. What makes it money well spent is I actually did something with it. Right. Yeah. A lot of other people like, oh, I got, uh, you know, I... I got hosed or scammed on this right. and I'm getting nothing out of it. The value is, is what are you going to do with it? I yeah. mean, all the tools and resources are there. It's just, it's like going to know?
0: the gym, you know, the nicest mm-hmm. gym at, you know, the, the nicest equipment the best trainers, the best water, yeah. nicest locker rooms. You can have access to all of that. But if you don't work out while you're at the gym, it doesn't matter.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: So we put it in practice
1: and uh, I, they were very big on the fix and flip that was pretty hot in around the 2015-16 sure. market and here we were buying whole guys right and i'm like you know i'm pretty sure we can deploy this uh we, we learned all about buying properties with none of our own money yeah that was the big game changer for us was sure. buying properties with other people's money. I mean, they say there's what, over $4 trillion of money sitting on the sidelines that's uninvested. Idle you know, cash. all good deals get funded. Deals. And I have found that to be so true. Um, there's people out there that want to get involved in real estate. They like the security of real estate, the predictability of real estate, much more than current predictability of the stock market or uh, crypto. And, yes. know, we could go down the rabbit hole of that right yeah. now. That at least, you know, it's, I can touch it, I can feel it, I
0: can see it. I look your, at it and see uh-huh. that my money is in that house and it has not burned down and blown away. This is good.
1: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know, surely we can do this for buying holes. So we basically took that model and we were the oddball and a bunch of people that were all fix and flip. Um, and we were using that model to buy and hold. Now, every once in a while, we would flip a property and I still do. I probably have done. Oh, anywhere from two to six flips a year. Yeah. Um, because a bucket of cash is awfully nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but that's a that's a hustle. You know, once you finish a flip, you're basically unemployed again. In yeah, a way. that's it. You know, it's, it's like it's like wholesaling too. Same deal. As soon as that deal's gone, you're back to unemployed again. Right. So we. So we were so it was funny because I remember sitting in mastermind groups and everybody was talking about flip, flip, and why aren't you guys flipping more and all this. And we're like, man eh, we like buying old. hold. Yeah, uh, it's good. We're trying to build our our wealth over the long haul. We're not into the short haul game. Right. Well, fast forward now, all those guys wish wish they wish. had more of the properties they sold ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, even man, if I just had that property, and I know why. You look at the real estate market now. You know what 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 we paid for properties back in 15, 16, 17 versus what we're paying for the identical property now, uh, you can never get uh you can't repurchase a property. Yeah, you can always refinance it to get your payments down and whatnot, but you can't re and you can fix it up and raise your rents, but you can't repurchase a property. Yeah. So, you know that so it, it's funny to see them all come full circle and say, Hey, we're back to uh, doing more buying holds. Now you guys knew something way before we did, we yeah. did not We were just, we had an idea and we had a plan of buying hold. That's what we wanted to do, what we wanted to grow to. Yeah. I mean, and the were... reason we chose, reason we cho- chose real estate as that model was, did you can't read a book without, you know, being Donald Trump or Warren Buffett or anybody out there, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, you name it, all these people that have, uh, They've made lots of money and it's all been on the back of real estate. Real estate. The tax code is set up in a way that they, the government wants you to own real estate. Yeah. Um, it's So we knew that there had to be a better way than what I was. I wrote down in some notes earlier that early on, you know, we're all told, go to, college, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, you know, work for uh, the rest of your life at a job or jobs, get a pension or retirement plan and retire. Right. Well, I call that the 40 40 40 plan you're gonna work 40 years of your life 40 hours a week 40, 40 years 40 40% of your income bingo yeah and I'm like that just isn't gonna doesn't do sound it like to fun to me. me
0: no no it doesn't sound like fun I tell people all the time you know my favorite thing about the real estate or about real estate is the leverage you can't mm-hmm. go to Bank of America and get a loan to buy Bank of America stock yeah but you can but you can go to Bank of America not that now that I would recommend Morning Bank of America for your real estate needs, but I gotcha. yeah. they are publicly traded. So the, the analogy works. They won't give you money to buy their own stock. They'll give you money seven days a week to go buy real estate. Yep, exactly. All the indicators are there. Yep. So if you're listening to this show, you're probably a real estate investor. You could be on the fence about getting into the game, just starting out or looking to take your existing business to the next level. And with all the different information out there, it can be hard to know where to start and who to trust. And that's exactly why my team and I created REI Rocket Fuel, a coaching company for real estate investors built by real estate investors. And it puts our decade of experience and over $100 million in transactions to work for you. Whether you wanna learn to flip, wholesale, or buy rentals, we'll cover everything from getting off the ground, growth roadblocks along the way and we'll provide expert insight into scalable strategies for your business. Visit our website to set up a call with our team today at www.reirocketfuel.com. What uh in all of that from from your initial partnership to your second partnership, are you still are you still partners with that second partnership today? Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. I am. Okay. Yeah. So there wasn't any any falling out or anything. Uh people were hanging on the edge of their hanging on the edge of their seat waiting to hear the waiting for the other shoe to drop up. And then my partner stole all the money and then I had yeah. to start all over.
1: And no, that never that's not happened. I ah. know those stories are abound out there, but the my partner and I, we have a really good relationship in that he pretty much trusts me on the real estate. See, okay, so here's the plus: I have a full-time job. He's got a full, he's a full-time professional as well. So he's building a business of his own and that's, that's, that's the ball he wants to watch and that's what he wants to do. And him and I've talked about it, you know, um, what's my goal. One of my long-term goals would be, I, I would love to wave a magic wand and, you know, be full-time real estate because I know the potential is there, but also too, I don't know if I need to do that for him. He doesn't want to do that at all, but he likes the ability of saying, but he could sure. if he wanted to. Now, sure. we have a long ways to go before because we, we have to double everything. You know, right. I mean, think about that. Everything I own 50 percent of, that's it. Right. So, you know, it, it it's going to take us. we got to get double the way a solo a solopreneur would have to be. And right. but I'm OK for me. There's a lot of freedom and flexibility of having somebody else that I can call and say, hey, um. Hey, this just happened. And I'm so invested into what happened that sometimes I can't view it with a clear set of eyes. And there's been multiple times where he's viewed it and said, Well, have you thought about doing this? So yeah. I'll be like, That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Uh, no, right. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sam okay. on our team here at One Roof always, always tells me because I, I struggle with the same thing. She always tells me it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Bingo. And I am in the trees and the weeds more often than I should be admittedly speaking. So yeah. I, I totally understand and partnerships like that. Cause we've had the, the inverse on the show. We've had people that have had multiple partnerships and now they're solo and they sound never like the, you know, what kind of ship sinks the fastest, a partnership, yeah. like those <laughs> ships sink the fastest. So I've had, I've had the whole spectrum on the show. Uh, You're the first one that I've ever talked to that has, that doesn't have a bad partnership to talk about.
1: Well, so, so there's a lot to be learned from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's only one uh, chef in the kitchen on the real estate side of stuff. It's me. I mean, he lives an hour and a half away. So
0: partnerships work best when, when it is set up that way, when, mm -hmm. when, one plus one equals two, you can get to two by yourself. But when one plus one equals 10, yeah. that's a good partnership. That's, a that's where one.
1: we're at right now. He, he We we have a very good mutual understanding. And you know, I'm the one that knows the real estate stuff better than, than him at this point. He wouldn't be where he is in real estate if it wasn't for me. I wouldn't be where I am in real estate if it wasn't for him. And so we kind of have this agreement and we've worked really hard at it to make sure that you know, if I'm going to do anything in real estate, then I, he's going to come along, right? If he's going to do something in real estate, then I'm going to come along too. We just kind of have a mutual understanding that it, which is cool because if one of us gets offered something real estate related outside of what we're doing here, we mm-hmm. normally talk to the other. And the, there's been a time where he's like, yeah, you should go do that. That's not for me. Okay. And I may go do that sure. Or the inverse for me right. to him. So, yeah, sure. I'm not going to go do that. We, we, we have a good open line of communication. It works well for us.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. What's the, uh, in, in all of that between the two partnerships or outside of that, what's the, what's the biggest lesson you've learned or the biggest mistake that you've made along the way? Like yeah. not to say that if you could go back and you could change things, sure. then you wouldn't be where you were. I get that. Right. But if you could go back and not make that mistake or not pay that, dumb tax, but still have the same end result. still end up where you are today, what would it be?
1: Well, I, I would say uh, systems and processes mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, and I probably, further on, you're going to talk about what's something that I'm really good at. And I think this is kind of still related to this is I've been pretty good at raising private money. And and my mastermind group, that was something that people talked about a lot early on, was starting to build your network and raising private capital, and you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, 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 we don't really need it. The bank's going to loan us whatever we want, right? Type of a thing. But I have, I think, if I could do it again, I would have gone out earlier and leveraged my relationships really to raise more private capital earlier. Because not for me, but think about where we would all be. Right. But I started doing that two, three years ahead when I started doing it. We would all because right now I've got more capital than I know what to do with, and as you're seeing in the market right now, uh, just the deals are hard to come by. Yeah, and so I can't deploy it. And they're like, "Yeah, I got some more money. I need to get some money out there." And then the network of the financiers to other potential financiers because they right. all have friends. They all talk. Absolutely somebody who's into a good deal then they're going to they can't help but talk to their buddy who also may be a potentially good investment partner. Right. And I won't get into the SEC there's obviously the right way and wrong way to go about raising private money so sure. just to be compliant. Sure. Um that's a conversation for another day. Sure. But you know, it's it's very fascinating how the pool of money available at your disposal just continues to grow. And I wish I would have taken heed to that maybe a little bit earlier and began building that network quicker. That's that's one thing I wish I would have done differently. Yeah, and, and always being mindful of systems and processes because you can put your systems and process in place and um, just wash, rinse and repeat, wash, rinse and repeat, wash, rinse and repeat. And that's how we have grown our real estate portfolio so quickly over so many years. I mean, right. shoot in 2020, Lawton, I mean, what did I tell you? I think I bought like 32 houses yeah. in you get, 2020.
0: Yeah. You grew a ton and, in 2020.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was, uh, uh, I had access to the capital. I mean, you know, the stars were aligned. Everything was perfect. People were, uh, bringing money and introducing me to their friends who had money. And, you know, yeah. now you get a little swagger right? and somebody says, so what is it you do? And you're, you're you're in the locker room at the YMCA, and somebody's like, uh, "So what do you what do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I do real estate. Oh, I've been fascinated to be in real estate, but I'm you know sixty seven years old, right. and I'll never do it. Too face. old to
0: go chase down right. rent.
1: But I got a bunch of money, right? <laughs> like, uh, oh, really? Like how much? Oh, I don't know. I don't. know. I probably got about three quarters of a million sitting around. Like, right?
0: Hmm, we, we can, can probably, do something with that.
1: We should probably have dinner. Some. We should go have lunch. You right? Know? Yeah. Same. We <laughs> can do something with that. It's just it's just fascinating how everything kind of starts to happen in a way like that. So, yeah, I yeah, wish I would have activated that earlier. That's that's what I put you yourself
0: think. in those rooms. You put yourself in those mm-hmm. circles of people and, you know, you you put it out there enough. Something's bound to come back your way.
1: Yeah. The universe tends to respond that way. Just put that's, it out there. That's why we all have vision boards. I got one right here. I'm sure you got one as well. That
0: it, Right behind that camera. put it out
1: there and uh, the world tends to mobilize to make it happen.
0: That's right. That's right. So talk to us about your business today. We talked about it up to this point. Talk about your business today. What kind of properties are you buying right now? Where are you buying them? Do you avoid certain areas? Are you looking into other markets? Uh, Just What's your business look like today? What does RJ News do? It it hasn't changed a whole
1: lot, honestly. Um, But I have found that like, like from a, like I'll do flips that are under 250. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And just because I feel like that's a first time home buyer market. Absolutely. I don't want to get into the above 250. You get to a certain point and somebody's going to, they'll go build it rather yep. than buy something that's been done by somebody else.
0: And then um, your buyer pool is just, I mean, smaller, it starts to and shrink. smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller of people that can afford to buy that house. Right. Yeah. I
1: was involved in a deal you know, before once before that was about a half a million dollar deal and it sat forever. And I I'm glad I didn't buy it, but I watched it from the side. You know, it just it that deal took like a year to get moved. That's a lot of holding costs. A lot of long time. Yeah. So so I'd say single family residence, mostly uh, duplexes on the buy and hold side. I like to do duplexes and quadplexes and four or uh, you know and so forth. Still, still small, but so small commercial stuff um, with multifamily. And those, from a door standpoint, I probably like them to be under 125k. Sure, uh, a door. Oh yeah, and that's a, because you think about this. You know, if you go back to the old unstated rule of the one percent rule, you know, like. Uh, if you get to one hundred fifty thousand dollars house, you need to be renting it for fifteen hundred bucks. Right. Well, there's a point in there where somebody's just going to go own, right, rather than rent. So Absolutely. I know there's people that specialize in that market. That's not really me. So I'd say the sweet spot for me is probably like eighty-five. 000, today's market is like eighty-five thousand to one hundred fifty mark. It used to be like 65 yeah, to like 140. yeah, forty. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's it's had to go up. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, just, it's safe. the market like has.
0: It.
1: Yeah. People will always, and I like single family residents other than commercial properties is because once you start walking, when you're driving around, just look at all the vacant commercial properties. They're yeah. everywhere.
0: Especially right and now.
1: Everybody's going to need a roof over their, their head. And there, there's it goes back to, uh, if you get a long-term tenant, a bird yeah. in the hands or two in the bush, I mean, they got to have a roof over their head. They kind of get themselves pinned in that they can't go look for anything. Right. And if you bought the house 10 right. years ago, I'm okay. You know, if the rent was good, then the rent's still good now. And I'm 10 years further. I'm, I'm half paid off. So right. they could own the house. I take that back. I have a guy that's been renting a place for me since 2006. And uh, yeah. How many, times has, how many times has he bought that house? At least once. Yeah, at least once. Yeah. Um, so it's just crazy, you know. I mean, yeah. but again, if I kick him out or try to raise the rent, then I'm going right. to go in there and probably spend fifteen grand fixing the place up. All it does is
0: put it back on your plate.
1: Bingo. And that I just takes your that time
0: wrong. into it, takes capital yeah. into it. But if I've got a
1: property management company, then I'm okay with that because they know. can handle a lot of that. But if it's, right. I'm still self managing that one and probably will. Until he leaves,
0: I was just gonna say, as low maintenance as it is, it doesn't sound like that's that's one that would be turned over. Yeah, so that
1: those are kind of the two single family flips under two fifty and rentals somewhere, let's say under one one twenty five. I'd like to be under one twenty five on the rental side. I avoid the the proverbial war zone. Sure. Some guys like to specialize in buying that. Um, not really my thing. I have yeah. just found that, well. You know, I guess there was a point in time where you could buy those deals right. And now, even though the prices of those houses have gone way up. Sometimes. Uh, it just, it's never really appealed to me. I don't do Section 8. Um, I just, I don't know. I think there's a, for me, is a little bit of a fundamental issue that I don't like paying my own rent. Sure.
0: Um, <laughs> that's that. I get that. <laughs> that. I've never heard anyone describe it like that before, but that's well said. Stands the reason.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, for some, some people find that as a specialty and they like to go after
0: that, they can have it. It takes all kinds. Someone has to own those. Someone has to own the ones that you buy. Someone has to own the ones that I buy. Everyone has to own them. We've all got our place and it's all great.
1: Yeah. I think, and two, you know, things I've learned along the way is, you've got it too. It sounds like is kind of the abundance mentality. There is plenty of deals to go around. Yeah. Good work. The more people you help reach your their goal, the more likely you're gonna reach your goal. Right. Um
0: you I don't have to tear people. down someone else's building to have a taller building. Correct. Yeah. You can in just
1: you,
0: you can just focus on building a bigger fucking building. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Easy as that. Uh why do you think in an industry where a lot of people get in and either see glimmers of success and then fizzle out? or they get in with really high hopes and a lot of energy and immediately fizzle out because they don't know what they're doing. Why do you think you have been so successful in, 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 in an industry that has claimed so many victims?
1: Uh, there, right off the top of my head, two things. The first one I think about is, I well, maybe three things. Okay, The first one is that I was uh, willing to admit that I didn't know it all mm. and to be co- humble and coachable and be open to, uh, the, to being mentored. And I paid for that mentorship. Yeah. Okay. So, which is fine. The way I look at that is you're going to pay tuition. That's true. The that. question is, are you going to pay it as a stupid tax or are you going to pay somebody else to say, Hey, you're walking into the minefield, right? But don't step here. There's a mine over there. Don't step here. There's a mine over there because we've already done all this. So follow us. Let me, You can put the blindfold on and they can guide you through the minefield and you can come through unscathed. A lot of people don't want to pay tuition up front. They're uh, afraid that what it's going to cost them. And so they try to go alone and they cost and they lose it all because they didn't take mentoring. Now, it works for some, but I would say the bulk of people need to be mentored and open and be coachable. Yeah. And so that would be the first thing.
0: Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that when you said $40,000 earlier, that that's what you paid to be it, in that mastermind, they went, Phew. Oh my goodness. I can tell everyone listening. I have lost so much more and paid so much more than $40,000 mm-hmm. for the lessons that I've learned.
1: Yeah. I stacked it on two credit cards hey, so that I could pay for it, but I, I stacked mine it back.
0: on my bank account because it all went away. <laughs> okay. It was in the wind. It was gone. Yeah. I, my version of my tuition was hard knocks. I did mm-hmm. not, I did not master mine. I did not get into it. I just pissed it away in the wind because I was an idiot. Well, you know, you could say I'm going
1: to get through this with spit and grit and brute force and make right. it happen. And for some people that works. And some sure. people end up in the corner crying, licking their wounds. I mean, I, I'm going through an experience like that on one of my properties. And oh uh, yeah. The, the one we've talked about that had the fire. Yeah. You know, the nuances of insurance that you just think you did everything right. And and in theory, you have a plan on how you're going to make everybody whole. And then insurance comes in and says, Well, it's ACV policy, and here's what we're going to pay you. And now you've got to get a GC involved. And of course they want to get paid along the way. And sure. at the end of the day that they're saying it's a hundred thousand dollar rebuild and we're going to give you 70 K, you know, or 80 K or whatever the number is, you know, they're going to give you a percentage of it. Right. Uh, it's just, it's tough. You know, it's like, man, that didn't work out the way I thought it was. Right. Going. I thought I had that all in place, but I died. And I had a system in place and the system backfired. So I'm reevaluating that system now.
0: Yeah. There's a so, pressure but, test right there.
1: But I I digress. The other thing that I would say is uh, just do it. You just got to get started. You can sit and you can line up your pencils and check your paper and get everything lined up and never get started. Um, You just got to get got to get
0: started. That's back to the gym analogy. You can you know, you can get the membership and you can buy the. You can buy the clothes and the shoes and have your fancy water bottle and get all stretched out and limbered up. And then, then what? Don't go work out. Yeah, Here, you I'm still have it. to go work out to see results Just because you buy the stuff and join the gym and wear the clothes. And you know, it, it's the same thing in real estate just because you read the book or went to the mastermind or listen to this podcast or other podcasts, or you you're walking deals and you're analyzing them on your computer, but never actually pulling the trigger. You're not investing in real estate. You're not making a move. Like indecision right. is a decision.
1: Yeah, That's right. You're totally right. Yeah. and You know, just make offers. Like you no. said, too. You just got to go make offers. Like, well, I looked at this house. I'm like, did you put an offer in on it? It's reps. Well, no, because of this, I'm like, I guarantee somebody, two other people to put offers in while we've right. been
0: talking about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, just and it's, put an it's it's reps. It's reps, reps, reps. Be A year before I had any financing lined up or contractors lined up. I was going, I was on every wholesaler's list. I was looking at every deal that even mildly interested me. I would go to the group walkthroughs. I would never do a one-on-one because I didn't want to waste anybody's time. I was not buying a house. I was 18, but I was in real estate and I was, I was, I was figuring it out. And I was working that muscle Uh of analyzing deals, estimating renovations, just soaking up information so that when it came time to finally buy my first deal i went at it with 20 other people that all went and looked at it i had built a relationship with that wholesaler because i had come to every freaking walkthrough for a year and a half i'd never bought anything so he or she probably didn't like me very much but i was always there and i was always joking and i was always building relationships and i got back to the office and i had that thing analyzed in 10 minutes and an offer sent. And I got the deal. Yeah. Cause I had built that muscle of, okay, I need to look at this, 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 everything else is cosmetic. How's the roof? How's mechanical? You know, how's this, how's that? I had my checklist. I had that muscle built and it was just reps, 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 reps with no result for eight, nine months, a year of looking at stuff, knowing I wasn't going to buy it, but just building that muscle, reps, 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 reps. And then when it came time where it was game time, it was bam, dude, done. I've analyzed this. I've looked at this exact deal a thousand times just a, under a different address. I was ready to go. Yeah, you're right. And then
1: I, I, I that's a big one. Pull the trigger, be ready to go. I remember talking to my realtor and I was making blind offers at one point. I said, just, just, just run a, and it, it took a little bit of, took a while to get the cojones to finally go ahead and do it. But I was like, uh, just run a list of everything on the MLS that hasn't sold in the last year. And just, I authorize you to just send them an offer of 50% of whatever their last deal was. Right. How would you do that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, uh, they'll never buy that. I'm like, do you know that? Yeah. Like, well, no. I'm like, well, then send the darn offer. Did you get any on all it? All my goal was was to get a seller to engage. Right, with. just to and that, that just in to itself, respond. Just a response. Because I was like you, you know, I was like, I don't know, you know, toe in the water, toe out. And I'm like, you know what? We're just going to make offers. And this came out of the mentoring group. Somebody said, just offer them 50% of whatever what you they last listed for. You never know. And I'm like, it, well, yeah. that's scary. I don't have the money. Yeah. And they're like, Okay, well, now go back to the third thing that I was going to say, raising private capital. That was the third thing is, you know, it gave me a little bit of confidence once I knew that I had a potential funding partner. Right. And that, and you know, that's, it's a little scary when you start thinking about talking to people about uh, borrowing money from them privately. But as long as you've got the documentation and the systems in process, and you've got right. theoretically how this is going to work and how their money secured, et cetera, uh, you know you can at least have that conversation with them and say this is what my plan is i just want to know if you know if when i find the deal are you in or right. do you know somebody who's in you know that i should talk to and yep. it just started yep. snowballing so man i started making offers like that didn't get didn't get one that was 50 <laughs> of the asking price but it created that muscle habit of yeah. doing it and at least me signing a, a docu-sign document you know right. saying yep i'm gonna make this offer and those recipients of those probably laughed but hey nobody made an offer on it in 365 days right so you got an offer yeah and she's like well you haven't even seen this house and i'm like listen if it's a hundred thousand dollar house and i can buy it for 50 i'll be fine i'm gonna be okay right are you sure i'm like i'm pretty darn sure
0: sure enough to sign yeah
1: let's just (laughs) give it a go I don't know if anybody's going to take me up on my offer. <laughs>
0: fingers crossed.
1: <but laughs> got my fingers crossed behind my back. But, you know, I didn't get any, but it created the habit of yeah. making an offer. It's an easy way to at least rip the Band-Aid off and to start
0: making offers. I agree. I agree. What? Uh, so we talked about where your business is now. Mm-hmm. What about where's it going with the shifts in the market, changes in interest rates? Where do you see your business or your strategy changing in the next six to 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I'm still
1: buying, I was going to buy the house she sent the other day, but then it was crushed, you know, with the gingerbread house. But, oh. Um, <laughs> no. That's good. Um, That's good. But no, uh, you know, I, I'm being a little pickier right now. I think I have to a little bit of the, uh, what Jim Collins, he talks about the hedgehog concept. I'm kind of, yeah. Balling up into a hedgehog right now my thinking is and my partner's on board with this uh business partner we're, we're just um we're we're divesting a few properties that are in the portfolio we're, we're slowing down and reevaluating the portfolio and saying sure. okay this has been good uh maybe we should pay that house off um this has been a little problem some we've had this or that issue with it not really our area doesn't maybe really we fit should what sell I it. want to do let's sell that off where before we were so busy acquiring over here, we weren't really paying attention to the pool of properties that we had at that given time. So we're kind of taking the next, I'd say six months for sure, uh, to kind of slow down, uh, evaluate what we've got, probably do a little divestiture. Uh, We may even uh, syndicate out one of the portfolios again and bring in another private investor Uh, that will improve the cash flow because we'll pay a bunch of properties off. So we're just kind of, we're looking at a few things. So I've got like three properties right now that I'm just trying to get pushed across the, sorry, yeah, that's exactly. the P- pushed across the goal line to get done. And then I can really focus on uh, further evaluating what we currently own. So that Perfect. that's, the market will change. I mean, we right. know it's going to come back and I would rather be cash rich Yep. Um, when it does change. Yep. Because I think that a lot of people this. have talked about it that, you know, in the next probably five years, more millionaires are going to be made in real estate than ever. It'll be the last time possibly in my life right. that we'll see uh, such a big uh, transfer of wealth that's that's going to happen. And and if you are too, uh, you're spread too thin and you don't have cash available. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of coaching up some of my private investors, too, that like, here's my strategy right now. If you want to go deploy that money somewhere else, that's fine. I think what I'm finding, though, most of them are like, no, I'll just sit tight. Yeah. I also, I'm also
0: nervous. Right. Now, and I, I mean, would
1: just soon sit tight and play with my cash.
0: Real estate's down what? Eight to 10%. Right. Look yeah. at stocks. Look Go at crypto. Ahead. Look at, I mean, look at every other asset class and you tell me what I should have bought.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the answer yeah. is. Dang it, I wish I would take all that money out of stocks that are down 30, 40 percent and put it in real estate that's only down 10. I can I can swallow that. That's easy. Uh yeah, yeah I mean, like look at every other asset class right now. Tell me what I should have bought.
1: Yep, I agree. I, I found them very open to at least that conversation. I think it kind of takes a little bit of the um, they, right. they calm down a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, because they also know that the real estate market is. Changing a little bit too. I mean, we're not seeing like we were back in the summer, or really back in the uh, winter of last year, uh, or really of '22. Let's say the winter of '22. That I man, we were getting above out, uh, yeah. above asking offers, and things were selling. Um, you know, before it even hit the market, uh, it was just crazy. Now we're still seeing is-
0: that now in Wichita, under two fifty, which is. Which is exactly why, similar to you, I don't like to flip anything over 200, 250 is a stretch. Yeah. Because everyone can buy this house. It's always going to be in high demand. Banks have a lot of incentive programs for first time buyers with income restrictions, which means they can only buy up to a certain amount of house, which is that 130 to 160. I love that. Because if all else fails, if the world melts, I'll turn them all into rentals. That's right. Yeah. So I that's... I, I, ugh, I, really hesitate. I hate going over 200. Ugh, it just, yeah, I, don't, but I don't like it. The most recent ones that we've done that
1: have been over 200 have got a unique asset that goes with right. it. They're right. They're on a little bit of land, right. something that's unique. It's not just, it's a good point to bring up. It's not just I drove through the neighborhood that I live in or whatever, and there happened to be a house down the street. Is there something else that goes with it? Is there a big shed in the backyard? You know, things like that make it unique. I mean, the two most recent ones I've done that were the 250 plus mark, that was the deal. They had acreage or uh, there was something unique about the property as well as the house. Yeah. They sold really fast. But yeah, anything that, I mean, I had one, I have one right now that's listed for one, was listed for 125, you know, might that might have been a little bit of stretch and we've had a really hard time over the last month of just getting it looked at
0: really so
1: you know i mean the traffic's been slow and and i think i've also found too that as it tightens up the standards of the buyers get a lot pickier yeah and i was having this conversation with my general con with the contractor i use that we got to up our game a little bit things that we would have done in the past that we would have been like yeah it'll still sell right and now like nope right that's a deal breaker our and which yeah. which then means it costs more money yeah it costs more money because now you've got to compete with uh other standards and as we know the material prices are up there's inflation going on across the board yeah so it it all it's all cyclical it's all related yeah and so we've got to be smart in what we're doing
0: yeah i i couldn't agree more it's like oh well are you still buying right now? And it's like, yeah, I'm just a little more cautious. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little more disciplined than I was. I'm, yeah. We're a little more strict on our renovation. We're more mindful of the budget because now it's really impactful. Yep, yeah, it does. So, yeah. No, I understand. I, I completely understand. And I couldn't agree more with you. Do you ever wish there was a map for building a real estate investing business? Something that lays it all out for you. When to make your first hire, what systems to build, and what roles to scale yourself out of. Well, you're in luck. My team and I have put together the REI Roadmap, a step-by-step guide to building a real estate machine in your market. And the best part, it's totally free. Head over to our website and download your copy at reirocketfuel.com slash map. That's reirocketfuel.com slash M-A-P. In in wrapping up in conclusion what's the best piece of advice you have for a new investor they 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 just got started they've or they've made the decision to get started they've bought their first deal first couple deals or they're actively looking and making offers but they've made the decision what's your best piece of advice for someone like that
1: um copy is the best form of flattery find somebody that has achieved what you would like to achieve And ask them if they'll mentor you or ask them what they did, how they do it. Yeah. I don't. And then too, if they won't go find somebody else, because if you're working with somebody that doesn't have an abundance mentality, um, they're not going to help you. Uh, That, that would probably be my biggest piece of advice. Don't be afraid to ask for help. None of us that are successful did it on our, well, I will say none. the majority of us that have done it. Haven't done it on our own. We had mentors along the way that told us what and how Absolutely. and when, you know, Absolutely. things like that. So, uh, you know, it, somebody said this, this will resonate with you. You know, if if knowledge was uh, the most valuable asset in the world, librarians would be the richest people in the world. Yeah. It's yeah. the application of knowledge. For that. That you need to figure out. So get that knowledge and apply it. That's the key is apply it. And I have found, too, that the more you hang around with people that have achieved what you think you would like to achieve, uh, it just oozes some of them into you. You can't help it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, start, it, the, the universe works for you. It starts lining things up. The next thing you know, you get an opportunity in front of you. So it, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right.
0: Yeah, Ab- yeah absolutely. What about for someone who's on the fence? They're not sure, they've heard about it, listened to some podcasts, read some books, they're thinking about it, they have, but they haven't made the decision. They're on the fence about getting into real estate or not. What would you tell that person?
1: Oh man, I mean, my answer would be, I wish I would have started earlier than I did. I mean, I didn't really get involved in real estate until like what, 15 years ago, which at that point I was in my early, uh, mid thirties. So I just, man, I wish I would have started earlier. I just, you got time is the one thing you'll never get back. So when you think about like, we know that the value of homes is just going to go up. You can either get in now and ride the wave as they go up, or you can buy it when they're up. It doesn't matter. And I go back to what I think about, like my biggest regret is I wish I would have been able to, Okay. I wish I would have doubled or tripled down on buying properties in 15, 16, 17. Yeah. But yeah. the answer was I did as much as you we could. could at the time. But had I done some things earlier and raised more private capital and put myself out there and let people know what I was wanting to do, I could have done more. Right. So at the end of the day, it's still my fault. Um, but I I wish I could have done more. And I think you'll be hard pressed to find a successful real estate investor in the market. There'll be at zero, there'll be zero real estate investors that says, I wish I would have bought less yeah. five or 10 years ago. Yeah. They're all going to say, I wish I'd have bought more. I so have then yet, the
0: answer, becomes, okay. I come across a single person that wishes they owned less real estate.
1: Own less. They always want more. And uh, you, you know, you, you, so start now because otherwise you'll be wishing you'd have done it five years ago, 10 years ago, when you finally decide to pull the trigger. The other thing I would say too, is set a goal. You know, the guilt, the goal, this is something I've really focused on really for myself the last year is um, when say somebody says, well, how many houses do you want? The answer can't be like, well, more, more, it's always more, how much them. more, just more, all of all them. them. Yeah. Well, it might it used to jokingly say that, yeah, I don't need to own every house, just every house that touches the property line of a house that I own. Yeah. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Well said. I mean, that can't be the answer. That's just not. Now you've got a goal that is never achievable. So set a number. Say, hey, I want to own. I'd like to own. I want to buy two houses a year. Right. Buy two houses a year.
0: Next year is the goal two or four. Right. Um, Another little thing is what you'll see is you set a goal to buy two and you'll buy five. Correct. Yeah.
1: So just there's there's other things I think of, too, that I, there's no reason that you shouldn't. So, so I'm talking to the brand new person. There is no reason that you shouldn't own real estate because you can set up a system that will give you uh l- l- let's make math easy. It's a hundred thousand dollar house. Okay. You're going to buy that house. You're going to renovate it. There's, there's uh, tips and tactics and tricks that you could buy that house with no money down, yep. bring in a private advanced investor you know, buy it the right way so that you're no more than 80% leveraged in the property. And all of those know.
0: resources are out there online, on yeah. YouTube or podcasts like yeah. this. All of, they're, they're all over. There's no excuse to, I so, didn't know. When you correct. got started, that wasn't as prevalent. You had to pay $40,000 yeah. to get into a mastermind to get this information.
1: So much free info out there. Just spend your time, free time on YouTube. And I would find one person that you like that speaks to you and just stick with that one. Just go super deep with that one individual. You don't need to get the sprinkling of a bazillion different people. But one thing I learned in a mastermind group that just kind of resonated with me is if I could teach you a way to set up a $100,000 self-renewing retirement account every 15 years, would you be interested in that tax-free? Yeah. That's free too. So buy a house today. Next year, you buy a house again. The next year, you buy another house. We're talking one house a year, 100000 each time. Okay? You put them in 15-year financing. So you've got $1.5 million worth of houses, let's say, in real estate. In year 16, the house that you've had a tenant in paying on for 15 years comes vacant. You refinance that property, and you put that money in hip pocket National Bank. Yeah, which is about a hundred grand, hundred grand tax-free. Yeah. Okay. So now you just keep doing that. If you say that's not enough, buy two. Yeah. Buy two more houses, houses a year. <laughs> two houses a year. Two hundred grand a year. Self-renewing, uh, tax-free retirement fund that you can tap into in fifteen years. There's zero reason you shouldn't buy real estate. Absolutely none. Start now, because think about where you'll be in 15 years.
0: And there isn't a retirement account out there or product out there that can beat that, that can do that with the tax benefit, absolutely, with the leverage, with the tangibility mm-hmm. and the forced appreciation. You can't, you can't beat it. Correct. Can't beat real estate. It doesn't exist. Not at all. So start now. That's my closing words. There you go. <laughs> There it is straight from the mouth. RJ news. Thank you so much for your time again today. Uh, I really appreciate it. I know you're busy and you carved out this time and I, I want to thank you again. I'm sure our listeners are very thankful as well. So this was an awesome episode, jam packed full of content. Um, Do you have anything else to say for your parting words? Yeah. Feel free to reach out. Um, How can, uh, how can someone get a hold Yeah, you? You told me to put your email yeah, in the just, show notes here?
1: Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, I just put my email out there and they can email me that way and get a hold of me. Cool. I I, I love to share. I just want to see more people get started.
0: That's awesome, man. RJ, I, I really appreciate that. And hopefully the listeners don't take advantage of that and flood your email with it. So hopefully you don't get spammed and added to a bunch of buyers lists in atlanta georgia or something like that so (laughs) rj thanks again for your time today um we'll look forward to seeing you out there i'm sure we'll have a house to sell to you tomorrow sounds good awesome later rj thanks a lot man
1: thanks for listening to this episode of rei rocket fuel for even more content follow us on social media or head over to www.reirocketfuel.com